This is Pucks in 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. The All-Star break is over. NHL is back to action. The post-All-Star break season is underway. And we are back with Pucks in 7. Ryan Payton, Victoria Matiash. Follow us on Twitter at Victoria Matiash, at Ryan M. Payton. I don't think I've... I think I've maybe grabbed a few more followers since I tw- changed my Twitter handle. So, well, you the thought issue- the seventy-five was a turnoff or something? Yeah, or- <laughs> yeah, I did. I was expecting, I was expecting just thousands to. Oh, okay, now I'll follow him. Right. Doesn't happen that way. No. I'm just playing. Anyway, um, good to be back. Good to see you, and great to be back doing this. Uh, of course, Vic. Uh, does great work with one of the major radio stations in Toronto. She's been very busy. Uh, lots of news happening all the time. And ESPN.com, the fantasy uh, part of the NHL. It's her bread and butter. By the way, Fantasy 7. Later on, I'll plug myself here. Sirius XM, because you did this last time. I forgot. And then you came back and you did it. So I'll do it here. Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio. I have the hot stove on the weekends every Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern. That is Channel 91. Coming up. Vix Fantasy 7, week to come. We're going to drop the clink hammer. This is going to be a different drop the clink hammer because part of it is going to be we're praising, right? We're not critical. We're, 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 we're having fun. We're having fun with, it's with a Nick lighter. Suzuki. It's, it's a lighter. It's a lighter dropping of that's the a good way hammer. To, that's so, a good way to like describe it. Like a spongy it. hammer, not, not a full-on you know, <laughs> a <what>? metal. <laughs> spongy, <laughs> like a Nerf hammer. We're dropping oh, the Nerf clink hammer. How's that? It's just for yeah. fun. No, no bruising with the Nerf clink hammer. Uh, we're going to do that, and we'll also take a look at Carolina. Uh, Brad Marchand, again, boy, we just love him, especially when he talks about Toronto. We love him. Talk about the Sens, go into the Dallas Stars, and last night was a great night. Let's begin with that. So the week that was obviously a bit less because it started on Monday and it ended last Wednesday. So a lot of teams getting back to action Monday, Tuesday, and for the rest of the week. How about this, Vic? How about those Panthers? How about my Panthers? Ryan? I know. How about, How about your my Panthers? Panthers? For some reason, <laughs> anybody who's listened to this often enough this yeah. uh, this season knows that I've jumped on the Panthers bandwagon. Not because I, I'm a fan of the team in particular, but I just want to see what they can do. And I think they've underperformed to this date. So I've jumped on board. I've been championing them the last two, three, four weeks, I would say. And they definitely paid me back on Monday night when they absolutely bulldozed the Tampa oh, Bay Lightning. Wow. Seven Seven to one. Statement game? Statement Seven game? to one. I, do you think Matthew Kachuk had some fun at the All-Star game and decided to continue having fun? Five point night. Unbelievable. Five point night for Kachuk. Yep. Verhage yep. had a great night too playing with Kachuk. Yep. And they lost Alexander Barkov during that game. Yep. He's He blocked a shot. It sounds like he's he didn't return during the game. It sounds like he's going to be fine and he'll be back shortly. But they still absolutely steamrolled one of the best teams, never mind in the East, in the NHL. Uh, seven to one, and that's really going to be quite something. Here's the thing about that: number one, it's one game, but of one, but 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 one game. To your point about you waiting on these Panthers to just show you and others, okay, we're still a very good hockey team. This is the same team that won the President's Trophy a season ago. And I looked at the math; they had 122 points. They scored 340 goals. They allowed 296 uh, plus 94. Now they have 185 and they have given up 184. They're only a plus one. So it's a big difference from a season ago. Now this is one game, but coming out of the break to do that against a very good team in the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think it's a statement. Now if they lay an egg the next game, 
if they're they playing, do, they're then, playing the Sharks. They're going to be fine. They're right, going to lay. Be, they're so, going to lay an egg the following game when the Avalanche are right. uh, <laughs> the opposition. So, so they're going to have a good one, lay an egg. Going to have another good one, or lay an egg and all that. They type have a good stuff. chance of beating the Sharks. Yes, they do. They do. They do. Um, Matthew Kachuk. We just talk about him a bit more. Uh, he had such fun at the All-Star break. It was so good to see him and his brother Brady and, and doing all that stuff. So he went in on five of the seven goals last night. I saw this as well. By the way, congrats to Paul Maurice. 800 wins. 800 wins. He joins the 800-win coaching um, fraternity, if you will, in the National Hockey League. Anyway, Matthew Kachuk, he has 71 points now in 50 games. It took him 60 to get the mark a year ago. And in the same year, he got 104 points. So he's now 10 games ahead of the pace from a season ago because he has 10 more games actually in hand kind of thing. He can get what? If he continues this, 110, maybe 115. And yet the narrative so far has been it's not working out in Florida. Oh, Isn't that is ridiculous? Not working out. You That's just, unbelievable. You, it's because they're not in a playoff position right now. And so they want to blame the new fellas. And Matthew Kuchuk following the summer straight is one of the new fellas. And yet he's putting up stellar points. And that's why I still think it's all going to come together. Paul Maurice, by the way, one of my favorite all-time coaches oh, in the NHL. So glad and you I, said that. That's another reason I want, I think he does things the right way. Yeah. And um, he coaches the right way. He handles his players the right way. And that's another reason I want to see Florida enjoy some more success this year. But it's really, it's, that game was outstanding. And this is how you launch. We're going to call this the second half of the season. Of I know course, mathematically sure. yeah, yeah. it's not quite. Yep. No second but half. But everybody got a big break. Yeah. So I think this is the best step forward. Well, well, it is. You just beat the Lightning 7-1. It's the best way that you can launch the second half. And I'm excited to see what they do in the next week, month, couple of months. It's going to be fun. The Atlantic Division now, at least after this one game. But I'm thinking too, I'm with you. I think they're going to do something coming up and they have a few weeks, what, a few weeks left to go till the deadline. Then after that, you'll have about a month and change left to go till game 82 for most Just of Just one teams. last note on that. You know how yeah. like the Lightning aren't going to get killed two days uh, in no. a row. <laughs> no, they're, they're not. They're playing those same Sharks on Tuesday. Uh, oh, poor San oh, Jose. poor Sharks. <laughs> Can we just continue the break and avoid these games? You know the oh. Sharks are watching the highlights oh, from yeah. that Florida game last night yeah. going, oh, And they're no. just, okay, oh, what's the no. game plan? We don't know. Because <laughs> they're going to be so annoyed, and John Cooper is going to have them so jazzed. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, I think it's going to be a big mess. It was um, an amazing game on Monday, one of the games. There wasn't a ton, but it was an incredible one at MSG. It had everything, the Rangers and the Flames, New York winning, Alexi Lafreniere. I've been on him. Uh, anyway. It was, overtime, uh, Ryan. It was only, overtime. only his second goal since December the 7th. Only his second one since December 7th. The number one pick in 2020. I did a comparable two on the show I did today with Jack Hughes. 2019 number one pick. Anyway, we'll, we'll go through that later on. But the point is, is that Calgary and New York, what a game, had everything, hits, fights, goals, overtime winners, great saves, all that stuff. The clean hit in the National Hockey League. It exists. And it happened last night when Jacob Truba knocked Nazem Kadri almost into next week. It was a clean hit, a legal hit. I'm just glad that Kadri kept the bucket on his head before he hit the ice because you never know. You don't want to. Kadri was fine. And if there's anybody to to do a clean hit against, Kadri's as tough as they come. I know he gets kind of feisty. Well, and, he's not huge, though. He's six feet. Truba's six three. So there's that three inch gap, but the weight's different. Truba's a beast. Anyway, there's people that still were saying this was a dirty hit. There was nothing dirty about that hit. It drives me crazy because if that was a dirty hit, then you tell me what's a clean hit in the NHL. I don't know. Can I say that I think it was a clean hit and I still didn't love it? 
Can I say that? I think well, there was still what? there was still contact made to his head, and I think Kadri's going to feel it later. But in general, yes, I'm I'm ninety percent with you. His helmet did pop off. I'm ninety percent with you that that it was a great open ice hit. It was really hard. I guess we still want that in the league. I suppose. But Let, what about the response then? If yeah. it was clean, then what gives Dylan, Dylan Dubé, not the right, but the incentive to go then go after Truba and get his clock clean? Because it's the unwritten code. It's the code in the NHL. And here's the thing. But it was a clean hit. But okay, it was but a here, clean hit. But here's the thing. Do you think anybody on the ice... Anybody on the bench, anybody in the stands thought it was clean right when it happened. Do you think no. Dylan Dubé? No. So Dylan Dubé thought, uh-oh, helmet, knocked down, Kadri, I've got to go get him. There's no, they don't have a split second to think. And that's the thing about clean hits. This is what gets me about them. It, it exists. It exists. And I get why Dylan Dubé did that. And Truba, whenever he hits somebody else, someone else is going to go out. And Truba was ready. I mean, his gloves were off and Dubé was about oh, two strides Oh, he was a willing participant. He was, 100%. he was. So nothing wrong with it. I, I want to go back to what you said, though. You 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 didn't mind it, but you did. And you said there was a bit of contact with with the head. Here's my thing. Truba's 6'3". Kadri's six feet. There's m- Most of the league is shorter than Truba. So how is he not going to avoid the contact with the head? I that's think he, hard. I for think me. it's up to him to figure it out. Oh, that's tough. Sorry, Vic. that's tough. Sorry. So, so if he had knocked Kadri into next week out cold, are we having the same conversation? Because it could have happened. If he did, then that would have been a hit to the head. He wasn't knocked All out right. last night because it wasn't a hit to the head. All right. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And for anybody on the ice, and probably most of the Flames looked at that after, and they would think, okay, you know what? Yeah, it was a tough hit, tough blow, but. There's not much we can do. I like that. Dylan Dubé being a good teammate in that situation. Absolutely. Stuck up for him. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I like that. I like the fact that the point that you just made that he didn't have time to watch the replay. Obviously, this is just an instantaneous right. reaction. Right. right. He does. He has a split second, second to decide that he's going to go after him and fight Jacob Trubo, which nobody yeah. really wants to do. No. So I, I, I get all of that. I just this this code thing, though. I don't know. Everybody on the Flames would have been criticized if they would have let it go and nobody would have went off after Trubo after right. a clean hit. Right. I just think there's so many moving parts with this. I, I can't wrap my head around it, but I'm glad Dylan Dubé appears to be okay, even though yep. he got pounded. Nazem yep. Kadri agrees. Everyone's uh, fine. Is, uh, seems to be all right as well. So right. everybody is all right. It was, and it was, it was a heck of a hit. Yeah. Great game. Great game too. And Lafreniere, good for him getting a goal in overtime. The Rangers won that one. So it's been quite a week for Bo Horvat. Traded from Vancouver as part of the Anthony Bavillier trade to the New York Islanders. The immediate discussion was Lou Lamorello would never do this deal unless he was ready to give him an extension. And he gave him an extension. And here was Lou's response on the length and the term. Well, all I can tell you is it's too long and it's too much money. <laughs> so that, that's, I mean, you want the truth? No, no, no. Well, that, that was going to lead into my next point. Is- next question. Oh, Lou! It's hilarious. Is he? Is he? Is he? What? Is he warming up? Is he warming up to? I can probably count <laughs> on one hand how many jokes Lamarillo yeah. has cracked <laughs> in the last thirty-five to forty years. But this definitely counts as one of them. Yeah. And he's also playing the crusty old man. He very willingly gave Bo Horvat an eight-year deal, eight and a half per. Right. So I mean, nobody was twisting his arm in that situation. By the way, that's what is, that's what he's worth. We thought he was going to get around eight. He got eight and a half. Good yeah. for Bo. Yeah. 
I, I just, I think it's funny. I like the reaction, but he's still playing the crusty old guy and that's, he's a uh, shave your mustache, shave your beard. It's uh, it's all part of the persona. Now let's see if they can score some goals. So they that's going to be, uh, that's going to be the big test. And they only scored a couple on Monday night. They did win the game. They did win the game, but they, it's not like Bo Horvat entered this lineup and all of a sudden they put six. Up, no. Right. So. And, and I was, I'm convinced that that's not going to happen. Uh, Bo Horvat is not saving this team. Bo Horvat is not going to be the reason that the Islanders are going to score goals. Not I just offen- don't see no, it Score goals, not offensively. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. No. But his 200 foot game is going to help them both ends of the ice. True. And they actually held the opposition to one goal. It's Philadelphia right now, last night, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. And they held the Flyers to only one goal. So that obviously speaks a little bit of volume because it wasn't even Sorokin and Ned. It was Varlamov. Right. So that speaks to uh, how he plays the game both ways. And that there's going to be value in that too. But they need to score, Ryan. They need to score some goals. Some think, though, the Horvat deal, um, I mean, who knows if it'll be on the island by the time it's done. I think it it expires in, not expires, UFA at the end of the 2030-2031 season. He'll be 36. You look at the team, and I was looking at this this morning, the average age of the forwards is almost 30. It's 29.8. Well, we're Zach talking, Parise skews that a little bit. Zach Parise is 54. <laughs> so <laughs> he raises yeah. that a lot. Yeah. But even uh, it's, you know, um, Bailey's 33, Nelson's 31, Anders Lee is 32, Palmieri's 32, Sezikis is 31, Matt Martin's 33, uh, Horvat's 27, Barzell's 25. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that that. that they're not a young group. No, they're not a young group. They're not a young group. So it's a lot of money. It's what he was after. It's what he deserves. And you're right. He's uh, having a good campaign as well, but we'll see if he's going to be, and who knows what Lou's going to do. Lou, Lou may make some move at some crazy time of the day before the deadline or on the deadline that nobody's expecting. What do you think? Do you think he does? I think he's going to make another move. And you I know what? I think there's the, one more, yeah. Yeah, this, so the deadline's March 3rd. I believe the Islanders have the Penguins a couple of times over the course of this month, and that's really big. Because they're neck and neck, right? They're neck. This is a big month. So the next two, three weeks, obviously, it's going to determine. Uh, to full, f- full out here, it's going to determine. I think whether the Isles are going to get into the postseason or not, and it's going to be a massive factor as to what Lou does, if anything, on the deadline. I still think month. he does something. Maybe okay. not major, but I think he does something. Even if they're a little out of it, I think he's already looking ahead yeah. to the future. They are an aging team, as you already mentioned. So. Good on New York. We'll see how Bo Horvat works out with that big contract. Jamie Benn had his 1,000th game on Monday. And what was really cool about that, I think he's the 379th to hit the 1,000 game plateau. And what was cool is that a lot of the players had the slick back hair like he does right. in warm-up. And then a ton of them put the white tape on their stick, really, really tiny. And that's one of his signature things. And I heard that he wraps it around like five or six times. So it's not one strand of tape or one go around of the stick blade. It's over and over and over. I have no idea why. But even the goalie had it on last night That's going to be a ritualistic thing. It is. There's no physical advantage to doing that. No, no. I would think the toe of the blade and the heel of the blade would get completely destroyed. When I play hockey, I do the full blade. Anyway... Um, and they won. I know it was against the Ducks. They won in OT, but it was a nice night for Jamie Benn. It was a nice night. What I also appreciate about, first of all, one of the most difficult players to play against, you hear from people across the league, oh. especially in the Western Conference. Without it was a Blake, doubt. It was Blake Wheeler who mentioned it the first time, and I, to me, that I heard, and I've heard it since. Who do you hate playing against? And Roman Yossi is always mentioned, and Jamie, Jamie Benn, Benn yeah. is always mentioned. Yeah. What I liked about the score, though, they beat the Ducks 3-2 in overtime. And their last three games, they lost 
three right. two in overtime. <laughs> in overtime. <laughs> so they were finally on the right side yeah. of a three two overtime game. It's not the blueprint for success. You don't want to take any team to overtime. You don't. And the pattern means nothing. It's totally I know it random. Yeah, yeah. But I still appreciate it's it. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, that race, again, between Winnipeg and them, essentially the top two teams in that division, three points separate them. Uh, next up for Dallas is Minnesota. So who's to say it's not going to be a 3-2 overtime game <laughs> coming up on, on Wednesday. I'm with you with Jamie Ben. The respect factor, the leadership, and he's very calm. He's very, very quiet. Calm. Yeah, very, very, quiet. very quiet. And you don't have to be loud and, and obnoxious, not obnoxious, but loud and aggressive and whatever to lead. He's just, he's the consummate professional. He really is. And good to see him. A thousand games doesn't happen. Only 347 people have made it in the NHL. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Carolina surging the Leafs up. They lost to Boston again, but Brad Marshall spoke. Got to have him on. And we'll talk a bit All-Star 2. We'll do a wrap. Pucks and Seven, Ryan Payton, Victoria Matiash, we will be. Welcome back to Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. This is Pucks and Seven. That is Ryan Payton, and I am indeed Victoria Matiash. And we're still looking at the week that was. It was a bit of a bizarre week because the All Star festivities sort of plunked right in the middle of some hockey action. But right before the All-Star break, we were watching Carolina Hurricanes were the busiest team last week leading into the break. (laughs) Other teams were like gone. They were in Cancun or wherever they were going and the Carolina Hurricanes were still playing and winning and scoring goals. And they've won seven straight, Ryan, and I believe nine of their past 10. And that one loss was in overtime. We're not talking about the Hurricanes right now in my mind. It's it's unbelievable. Quickly, though, back to what you said about the break. The NHL ending the games on the Wednesday and then starting back up on the Monday, having the All-Star Skills competition on Friday, then the games on Saturday rather than a Sunday, right? I just th- I think they really timed it nicely. I, I, I just like the whole timing for the, for the players. So, I loved anyway. watching the skill competition on Friday yeah. night. I really yeah, enjoyed that. I yeah. don't want my whole weekend taken up with this. No. So I really enjoyed it on the Friday night for sure. Carolina Hurricanes, so 76 points, 34, 9, and 8. Seven-game winning streak, and they're on their second 10-game point streak of the year. They're a good hockey team. What defines for me a team that's really good is when, even against teams that you should be beating 5-0, (coughs) 6-0, sorry, San Jose Sharks, the comeback against them. Okay. Oops. What? Don't they have a nice week coming up too? Anyway, we already talked about that. Um, but to come back against teams like that, to not just roll over and think, okay, down four to one, whatever. It's just two points. We're not going to get fine. We're still in good shape. That to me is the sign of a really good hockey team. They did the same thing against the LA Kings, a better team statistically in the standings. That to me is a sign of a really good hockey team. Um, Sebastian Ajo, unbelievable that what helps. he's been doing. Oh my gosh. And they have the, it's funny with that team. They have depth and they have balance, but for Ajo to do what he did in the month of January and who hopefully for them, he'll keep doing it in this month of February. It's almost, they're not relying on him because they don't have to, but it's a really nice perk and bonus when he does what he does. 
I mean, he's on a six-game goal streak right now. Yeah. He has four, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> nine all, goals. All he does is score. Six game, all he's doing is in scoring. In a six-game goal streak. Yeah. So he hasn't missed yet. You have to be, if you're a fantasy manager, you have to be all over him. But just appreciating what he's contributing right now. And hey, they have the fastest skater on the planet, didn't you know? We'll <laughs> get to do. that. We'll get to that. Andre uh-huh. Svechnikov, not the fastest skater on the planet, but has been contributing beautifully as well. They are getting a nice group effort in their goaltending freddie freddie anderson watch out watch out he if he can stay healthy if he can stay healthy yeah he's still one of the best when he's healthy but health is a health is a health is a big concern and i always look at him because he's a big goaltender he reminds me of ben bishop when ben ben bishop played you know kind of tall filled the net but he's very big he's not going to move left to right like Jonathan Quick in his in his prime. Jonathan Quick still moves left to right pretty well, but he's not going to do that. But his positioning, and he's the type of goalie that when he's in that position, you can't beat him. You, you can't. And he plays the angles. He knows this, but it's fun to see that. I sometimes don't think he gets enough credit because the team in front of him is so good. But I think Since that's an injury com- thing. I think that's right. an injury thing. Yeah, I yeah. think people suspect that he's just not going to stay healthy. And by the way, so do I. So I can't blame anybody else for suspecting the same thing. He hasn't had the longevity in terms of being fit and healthy the entire time. But when he is healthy, he's amazing. I remember the Leafs were once asked when he was a Maple Leaf a few years back, who is the most formidable presence, physical presence on the Maple Leafs? And they were they naming a couple different. And, and I think it was Austin Matthews said, Freddie's an absolute <laughs> unit. He is a unit. <laughs> Unit man, like you just and you don't. They were more talking about forwards and and defenders, yeah. but they all had to mention him as well, just because his physical presence is so formidable. So if he can stay healthy, this is one of the best coach teams. Full credit to Rod Brindamore. You yeah. just hear from his players; he gets them fired up every single game, and that's difficult to do. Yeah, because you need new material all the time, and you got to keep the energy up there. But it is working, and look out for the Hurricanes. Seriously. There's great coaches in the NHL. Um, Jim Montgomery, obviously coach of the year candidate. He's going to win that thing, barring a complete collapse, which is not going to happen with Boston. But what I love about Brindamore is he's a player's coach in the way where he works out. He works out with them. He he gets involved in that way. You know, Jim Montgomery's not going to go and do 20 squats with uh, with David Pasternak. I don't know. Maybe he does. Who knows? But the point is, is that to your point about Brindamore being that coach for the team, um, he he's a great coach. I, I think he was. No, I guys, think some I guys think, were born. To, go on. I think I think Brindamore could be completely retired, and he's still going to be in the gym eight hours a day. So no, I I'm know, not. I know. I'm not sure that he's doing that just to incentivize but, his players, no. but it absolutely helps. Absolutely, they yep. don't want to leave before coach does. They get in there and they're lifting and they can't leave until yep. Brindamore is done, right? And yeah. that's and obviously... Yeah, if he's doing 20 reps, I have to do 21. That's the mentality, right? So good on them. Yeah, watch out for the Carolina Hurricanes. Vic, every time every time the Boston Bruins play Toronto, whether it's in Boston or Toronto, the discussion is, oh, yep, Leafs can't beat the Bruins, Leafs can't beat the Bruins. The last few times they played Toronto, Brad Marchand has been very vocal. Surprise, surprise. He was vocal again recently about the Leafs and the Boston Bruins. And here, in part, is what he said. There's not really many guys that like to get into it. Mitch is out there talking about video games and his dog and <laughs> <laughs> those terrible new skates that he's got out. But, uh, yeah, other than that, um, it's not a whole lot of guys that like to get into it. I think I said this to you last pod. He's great. He's fantastic. We love him. He's fantastic. I love what he says. He's the one of a few guys in the league you hate to play against, but you want him on your team. 
this Toronto Boston thing, he's having so much fun with this and it, everything he says gets in the Toronto players heads. I guarantee you that's one reason why he's doing this. And he's making these comments at the all-star game. So him and Mitch Marner right. are hanging out and playing together. And he's yeah. still, he, and I love the comments about Mitch Marner. He just wants to talk about his dog and video games and all the rest of it. I think he talks fantastic. about that a lot, right? He does. He talks about well, his dog all the time. I, I think Mitch Marner, and this is a compliment. I think Mitch Marner yeah. started talking when he arrived in Florida and didn't stop talking until he got off the plane back in Toronto. <laughs> the guy who had a blast, he, yeah. was, he was on the entire time. And again, I yeah. think that's great. I want to see that from him. I really enjoy seeing him showing his personality. And I think we're getting more of that from Marner year by year now the more he becomes comfortable within you know and maturing and all the rest of it but yeah. just him taking digs at his own all-star game teammate that's awesome <laughs> that's so great <laughs> he is Brad Marchand and uh, one of the comments he said not too long ago I think when the Bruins were in Toronto he was mentioning about oh you know just give the Leafs some time they'll get there at some point that to me was a complete dig as to why haven't you why aren't you there why is not the time right now and I'm telling you I'm telling you that Bruins are in the Leafs' heads. Doesn't matter if you have played the Bruins in the last few years, if this is your first season in Toronto. The Bruins' ability to beat Toronto, Toronto's inability to beat Boston, and the, the last game, too, they both played. You wanted to mention that the Bruins could have checked out. The Leafs checked out early last Wednesday. I mean, they were done. They played they 30 minutes. They right. played 30 I, I, minutes of hockey, and then they right. did not play the last 30 minutes, and they lost that game deservedly to the Bruins, who needed that win, who wanted yeah, to did. go into the All-Star game after they had lost three straight, and they didn't want to make it four, and they were the better team that night. They, they, Toronto gave up. They gave up on that game. That's fine. It's not a great litmus test of what they're capable of against the Bruins. But to your point, again, this is we're getting into the coach of the year conversation about Jim Montgomery. Yeah. He had his team all fired up. For the last game before an yep. elongated break, yep. they had nothing to prove. They're top of the tables. They don't have to go out there and blast the Leafs. And they did in the third period. It was no contest. The number is astonishing, especially at home, 22-1-3. The only team to beat them at home, the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. Uh, the Sens, the Sens are heating up. You wanted to talk about this specifically. Claude Giroux looks great. I uh, love the fact that he's playing well because he still has it. He still has it in him. And we're not giving a ton of love to Ottawa based on where they're in the standings. They're 51 points. More than likely, they're, they're not going to make it. But they have some pieces in place, and I think we're seeing signs of that offensively lately. We're starting to see what we expected to see from the get-go. But again, once when you have new players coming into the fold, yep. you have to forge that chemistry and figure things out. They scored five goals against the Canadians last game. Actually, they played back-to-backs. They scored five games in both games against the Canadians. I know the Canadians are having a rough go, but still five goals is impressive. Before yeah. then, they scored six goals against the Maple yep. Leafs. And the Maple Leafs tried in that one. They're just scoring now. They're a fun team to watch. They have a lot of great young talent. I think they're going to be good down the the line. I still don't think the goaltending is there, but that's fine. We'll see. I think the the organization is going to figure that out at some point. But watching Claude Giroux now play like he did for so many years in Philadelphia, oh, it's nice. Produce that way. The Senators are fun again. They're not making the playoffs. They're fun to watch. They're worth it to sit on the couch with a, a bucket of popcorn and take it because they're entertaining. They're, sure. they're not going to win a lot of two one games. They're not going to lose a lot of two one games. You like scoring? Check them out. Yeah, I put Ottawa in the same category as a team like Detroit. I think they have some pieces in place. They're not there yet, but they're trending in the right direction. I think they're a tiny bit behind Buffalo, but if I would put I agree those with three that. in yep. yeah, if I, I if I put those three in a, in a in a category, I think they're close. Uh the numbers for Giroux, this is 
phenomenal through the 49 games. This was ending the week of January when he was, what I think was named first star of the week. Yeah. First star of the week ending January 29. So through 49 games a season ago, he had 39 points through 49 games this season. He is 47. So he's almost a point per game mm-hmm. on a team that is not. Through, and through, and through 50 now he has 48. So he has 48 through 50 now. Yeah. Amazing. So it's, he's on pace, but Good he's playing him. with all these young kids, Stutzla and Debrinkat, yeah. and Brady Kachuk is doing his thing. That top six, once they sort out the bottom six and foster their defense a little bit, bolster their defense and figure out their goaltending, they have the scoring power and they're young. Those guys up yeah. front are young. So I'm with you. One step, half a step behind the Sabres right now, but they're going to get there too. I was going to mention too, Giroux being uh, a veteran, how much of an impact he's having on some of these young guys as well, right? So of course it, you can't, you can't put a price on that. You really can't. I don't care what anybody says. You go to a new team, you've been around the league a long time. Everybody knows who you are. You see the work ethic, all that type of stuff. It's going to bode well for all these youngsters down the road. Okay. All-star game wrap. Um, here's kind of, okay. Before we get to a few things that, that we enjoy that we like, one of the things, certainly I think we both agreed. Uh, one of the events, it was nice to see Sid and Ovi and his son doing their kind of three going into Roberto Luongo, the all-star skills competition. And it's always nice to see Sid and Ovi uh, representing their respective teams in this all-star game. Uh, here is Crosby uh, on Alexander Ovechkin. You know, we've played uh, against each other for a long time, but being able to share, you know, experiences like this, I think are pretty unique. We've always, you know, had... Uh, you know, big games against each other, and, and obviously always had the microscope on us. But to be able to, you know, in a relaxed environment like this, and just you know, catch up a bit, um, it's it's nice to share that with them. Who knows, Vic? How many All Star games they have left? I would assume that they're going to have at least three. I think they're still going to play. Ovi's. Who knows if he's going to end up calling it quits by the time he gets to eight ninety four, eight ninety five, past Gretzky. But I like it. I liked it, and. Every time I, they're always going to be connected with each other, um, regardless of what happens in their lives, even off the ice. So that was one thing I liked. Um, another thing I liked too was the whole family atmosphere. Uh, we were chatting before we came on and did this segment about Eric Carlson and his daughter. Oh my bench, goodness. Which was the most adorable. Uh, that's, she's the most adorable girl on the planet in the yeah. way that he obviously and, presented as a doting father and the two of them together. Oh, and it was like, uh, it was like they were having a full adult conversation, right? She's it, very serious. Oh, she is. Her, she facial, is. And her facial expressions were very serious when she was talking to dad. And, and it, it was, was kind of, the most adorable thing. Sergei yeah. Ovechkin, adorable too, but yep. Eric Carlson's little girl. Yep. My goodness. Yeah, I think she was telling dad, I'm, I'm taking over the conversation. You listen to me, you answer my questions. But it was it was super. I like that one. Um, I like some of the events. We'll get into uh, in dropping the sponge. No, we're not dropping the sponge clink hammer on the events, but I'll do the normal one in the next segment. The pitch and puck. I thought that was very good. It was very well done. It's perfect for the state of Florida. It was perfect for all of these golfers. Uh, all, all of these hockey players. <laughs> I'm, I'm, envi- I'm envious. I think that's funny because they right. are golfers too. And, and that's where I was going with this. I'm envious of them because they play the game so well, but then they're all so good at golf. Anyway, 
So well, I mean, first that. of all, they first, have. A, I know they, they play all the time. They have, they the have a season. They have a, first of all, okay. They have the finances to do yeah, it. They have I the know. seasonal advantage in the in the sense that they don't play for the most part June, July, and August when yeah. you can golf anywhere in North America, not just down in Florida or California or Arizona. So there's that advantage. Also, they're just competitive beings. I'm still so, envious. I, of course you are, but they are competitive <laughs> beings. You could and you could tell the way that Nick Suzuki and all the rest yeah. of them were playing the game. First of all, ESPN's John Buchigros just did a bang job emceeing that event it was my favorite event of yep. the skills competition i thought it was the most fun people were mocking it for being ridiculous that's not hockey of course it's not hockey it's golf it's pitch and puck it had it had nothing to do with the game of hockey yes they're wearing the gloves and and they're using a puck no. to start but it was a fun event and it showcased the personalities of the players and how much they took it seriously because they all wanted never mind oh, the they Chip- did never mind the Chipotle for a year thing that you no. won they just wanted to win it so they yeah. could brag about it and then we heard that they got five holes with Corey Connors who's a professional golfer a Canadian one a very good one obviously afterwards and that was one of my I just love the fact that they took it next level compete wise and it really mattered nobody wanted to lose that and when they made a bad shot even though they had a mulligan they were mad. <laughs> Can't wait to see what they do for pitch and puck next year in Toronto. I think not. I think they're going to do something a little bit different. I that know. was, I loved that one. And I yeah. also loved the same one that had the Florida feel to it as well. And I know, I know everybody split on this because what does mm-hmm. it have to do with hockey? Lots yep. of things. I yep. love the dunk tank. I thought the dunk tank was fun. Everybody was having a good time. They had a huge crowd out for it, on which the they beach. were not the expecting. They're in no. Florida. Why don't you want to be on yep. the beach? Right. And just to see the guys who are good friends, you know, Nate and Sid working together and then against one another and going into the dunk tank, I just thought it was entertaining. And the all-star, we're and never going to see the best from these players in this competition because right, nobody's right. going to hurt themselves. So right. why don't we see them having fun? And that was fun to me. The golf and the dunk tank, those are my two favorites. And there's other parts of it I liked as well. But just the different, the Florida-flavored different events really struck with me. And they were also quick, which I liked. Which is good. Yeah, I agree with that. And so you go from the big petition by everybody, let's hold the all-star game in Florida every single year to the uh, cold, dark days in Toronto coming up in 2024. Anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm with you. I I liked it. I know the league is trying to make it entertaining and the all-star skills competition is that. It is entertaining. The, The ones that were on the beach it was fun. And the players had fun. The players had fun. The kids had fun. The families had fun. We never see anything no. from these guys. No, we don't. We don't. So this is the opportunity for, oh, that's in, what Nick Suzuki is like. I had yeah. no idea. So no, I didn't it's either. nice to see who they are, see their sense of humor, see their bits of personality, and get to know them a little bit better. Because during the season, they're they're really st- prevented from doing that whether it's on if they that, put it upon that, themselves that's or it's a good the word. culture of prevented. hockey that's a good word to use prevented I agree 100% I agree they're prevented from doing that um, speaking of Suzuki and the all-star game the breakaway challenge that's part of our drop the clink hammer one's the full one's a bit of a sponge we'll do that next Pucks and 7 Ryan Payne Victoria Matiash we'll be back Welcome back to Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Madiash. Welcome back to Pucks in Seven. Ryan Payton, Victoria Madiash. You can follow us on all the outlets where you get your podcast. Just Google us. Follow us on Twitter as well at Ryan M. Payton and at Victoria Madiash. Week to come in Vic's Fantasy Seven in just a bit. That's next segment. Time now to drop the clink hammer. 
Okay, so this one's going to be a bit different. Usually when we drop the clink hammer, I don't even know what a clink hammer is. Well, what? It's, it's steel? It's a hammer. Like, it's a hammer it's named a hammer. for Robert okay, Clink Hammer. That's it. It's yeah. just a hammer. So we drop the, yeah, we drop the clink hammer. By the way, um, I, I try, and I didn't do this last week, but I want to try to give a stat for Robert Clink Hammer. He was playing the NHL, played a ton in the Continental Hockey League as well. And he once played 2016-2017 uh, for Dinamo Minsk. I think I have that correct. You do. And in 47 games, had 38 points and uh, a bit rough too, 65 penalty minutes. So good on Robert Klinkhammer. Anyway, so this one's going to be the heavy one, and then we're going to ease up a little bit when we talk Nick Suzuki. <sighs> okay. So I'm a simple guy. You know that. You've known each. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> real strong intro there, right? Yeah, huh? That's a shock. Um, so <laughs> I can't even continue. Yeah, I can. So here's the thing about the breakaway challenge for me. First of all, we you were love praising it? we were we were praising the All Star <laughs> Game. We were praising the All Star Game for uh, you know the the activities, what they did, the skills, all that stuff. And I liked it. I did. I really did. I enjoyed watching it on the Friday and also on the Saturday. The issue I have though is the breakaway challenge, and I will keep it simple in this way: the breakaway challenge shouldn't be a race for an Oscar. It shouldn't be best actor in a leading role or best actor in a supporting role or best actress in whatever. But Sarah Nurse in the Breakaway Challenge, we're going to get to her in a second too. It's not, it's entertaining, but it's not, it, it shouldn't be for, for an award. Why don't you just go back to the days where you did one-on-one? For example, I would have much rather seen Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, whoever, Alex Ovechkin, it doesn't matter, going up against Linus Olmark, Connor Hellebuck, Igor Shosturkin, one-on-one. Give them three shots if you want, whatever. Even just one. Go full tilt. Go full tilt because I want to see the talent from McDavid. I want to see the moves that he makes during the NHL game at full, at full tilt. And I want to see these goaltenders going up against the best players in the game. Now, the NHL, the best players in the world, but the All-Star, technically, the best in the game represented. That, to me, is more exciting. I want to see what moves they, they pull. I want to see McDavid do it three times. How fun would that be? I guarantee you, Vic, if, you, if I said this to anybody, 90 95% would say, you know what? I think I agree with you with that. The Breakaway Challenge is fun. You, you do skits. You do all these things. Mitch Marner or Don Johnson. That's fine. Opt- <laughs> optically, it's whatever. By the way, he looked awful. He looked great, but he looked awful. But I just want to be old school. Go back to the original Breakaway one-on-one. Go through a round robin. And at the end, you tell me it wouldn't be exciting if, say, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, say Matthews was healthy, going up against each other in the final. One-on-one, three shots, Breakaway. Come on. And so I know you don't agree. when, no, I don't at all. So when Igor Shosturkin pulls his groin doing his best to stop but, Alexander Ovechkin right. on a breakaway, then what happens? Okay. But they could have pulled their, they can pull their groin in, in, in any 82 game, any game of the 82 game season. Yeah. But I'm at not, least that matters. Right? I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying for, say, for example, McDavid does his thing, goes left or right, whatever. You don't have to do the splits. But give some effort. I just want, I want to see more of what we used to see. Okay, give this more is of the effort. A counter argument. We see it in the game already. The shootouts are now a, a general part of the game most nights. We get to see a shootout. So you actually do get to see Sidney Crosby against Igor Shosturkin. 
You do. We get it in the game itself. But you the don't all-star see game- every. But you don't see every all star in the same building. What five, six, seven, eight of them, whatever it is, going up against the best goalies. The, in the owners world. are never going to allow it. It's too risky. It's the same How reason Connor McDavid. He, Connor McDavid didn't participate in the fastest skater competition yeah, I knew that. for the I same saw reason. That. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So it's the same thing. They're not going to risk their. The owners and management are not going to risk their top tier goaltenders. So out then, there. so why did Kirill or even their or even their best skaters? Why did Kirill Kaprizov then skate in the fastest skater? He's a risk. Why? Why? Kale McCarr. He's a risk. I wonder if they went all out though. But anyway, I don't I, think they did. I don't think they did. Well, the fact that Andrei Shvetsnikov won, and he's a right. fine skater. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's also a very handsome man. Not that has anything to do with anything. Okay, so now but... Vic's going to take over, and we're going to turn this into... <laughs> this was nice about the All-Star game. He's seeing all the players without their helmets. And right. I've seen him before, but it's still like, oh, hello. No, he's anyway, handsome. Anyway, yeah. uh, he is very handsome. But I, I'll, I'll say this. I liked it. I think it's totally goofy. But again, getting back to the original point we were talking about earlier... Uh, seeing the players showcase their personalities and all the rest of it. You, you saw the Kachucks having some fun. I loved Mitch Marner playing Crockett from Miami Vice. I really enjoyed it, but that's my period. I watched that show with my I parents did too. I'm when with I was you. a I did kid. Too. I and did I, too. Thought, I thought it was the fact that he didn't get nice scores. It doesn't matter, but I just yeah. thought seeing them, seeing them have that fun and putting themselves out there, I really enjoyed it. We're never going to get the best of the best of the best from these players outside of, I would say, more, most accurate because there's just very little risk in trying to you know shoot the puck at accurately right. other than that we're not going to see the best of the best so let's see their personalities and let's see them have some fun that's my uh, take on it all right toronto fans all-star game right so leading up to the announcement that toronto was going to get the 2024 all-star game for the past few years my social media is full of also from toronto fans and even uh-huh. some toronto media mm-hmm. all-star game is stupid all-star game should be canceled the festivities are dumb what a waste of time etc 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 now toronto is awarded the next all-star game well you know this is what i'm reading this exactly <laughs> on social media well okay. you know uh i i, I haven't watched it in years but i think i'm going to take my kids there when it's uh, in toronto next year and this is exactly my point so you hate the all-star game when, when it's, it's somewhere, not in your city when it's somewhere toronto. else yeah. and now now that it's here, you want to go because that's exciting. It's the most hypocritical thing going because we've always maintained it's for the fans. It's for the kids. It's for families. You're meeting mascots. It's a live on location event, first and foremost, that right. we watch on television because we enjoy it. But here, first of all, you don't like it. Don't watch it. I don't care. But then to actually go out there and say out loud that you're now going to attend it, this thing you've only called but, stupid for years on end. And are you surprised? Uh, no, of are course you surprised? not. But it's not dropping the surprise clink hammer. It's just <laughs> dropping the clink hammer. <laughs> Toronto fans stink. Toronto sometimes, fans, sometimes. I'm telling you, I'm, a lot of the times they do. A lot of the times they do. And it's not just for comments, not at games. It's for the visuals. When you're watching on TV, you see it. It's absolutely ridiculous. And also, too, what's ridiculous is just the whole thing that they do every single home game. It's 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 a pattern. Um, I work with Dave Panyota on the hot stove on the weekends, and he goes down to most of the games. He knows what's coming. He knows what song's going to play at this time. He knows what event's going to happen at this time. He knows the fans are going to be quiet. Anyway, we can go on and on and on about that, but I'm with you. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Pretty simple. Nick Suzuki. Uh, congratulations to him. He won the, I got to say this slowly, pitch in puck 
a very good golfer. I actually had him because uh, I, I saw a video of him in a simulator before he did the pitch and puck, and he was unreal. It was like darts, darts, darts. Anyway, so he was at the All-Star Game in media day, and of course, all the players are spoken to and asked questions about everybody. So here's what he had to say when he was <laughs> when he was asked kind of about, you know, the, the stars that he's going to be seeing and the stars that he is going to be playing with from the NHL. A few guys, uh, Crosby and Ovechkin, obviously, uh, the two biggest names here. And uh, yeah, Kucherov, I'm a big fan of. So yeah, it's pretty cool to just hang around with those guys. All right, so it's official. Connor McDavid. <laughs> right. Yeah, hold Connor on. Connor McDavid is chop liver. Just let me see about, Con- does he see even <laughs> number 97? Oh, that's funny. I, I first of all, this is so we're dropping the Nerf clink hammer here. The we're Nerf. just having yeah. some we're just having it's some gentle. fun at Suzuki's expense because obviously he knows Connor McDavid is a fantastic player <laughs> and obviously he's referencing Sid and Obi yeah. and Kucherov because yeah. he plays with them more, more often in the Eastern Conference. But to actually say that Sid and Obi are the face of the game <laughs> when basically the best player on the planet is also in attendance at the All-Star game I L O L'd when I heard that. For real. I thought it was hilarious. And what makes it even more hilarious, Edmonton is playing Montreal yeah. on Sunday. So, <laughs> so, you know, McDavid's heard that and he'll have some fun with Suzuki. Or, you know what he should do? Um, if he scores a goal, which he more than likely will, because that's what <laughs> McDavid does a- and against, it's against Canadians? Montreal, yeah, <laughs> he should go over and if Nick Suzuki's on the ice, just kind of pass him and say, Oh, do you think Sitter over your cooch could do that? <laughs> oh, I think to give him a wink. That's give all you wink. need to do. Just give yeah, him a that's wink. All you need to do. And you and know, that would be, yeah, go you ahead. know what's so, f- I, yeah. It shouldn't. It shouldn't matter to McDavid because he knows who he is and he certainly isn't lacking for comp- confidence. Yeah. He's so competitive. Right. I still think this will bug him a bit. Oh, it will. Vic, it, it will. will. Absolutely it will. It will bug him a little bit and I yeah. think he's going to have an extra fire in his hockey pants yeah. for that game on Sunday and look out Montreal and, oh, Nick, why could you just not mention, why could you not mention <laughs> Connor McDavid? Oh, I love it. That's like going back in the day if you were in a game in the early 90s, 80s and say, yeah, you know, all the good ones are forgetting Gretzky or forgetting Lemieux and Joe Sackick and all those others. Anyway, okay, you you can take this and I'll I'll uh I'll pick you up after but Sarah Nurse. Altogether, I really enjoyed the involvement of the the women players at the All-Star Game. As usual, I think they add a little bit of extra. And of course, they also showcase how good they are. So people who aren't familiar with the women's game, blah, 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 get to see it, right? It's important. Exposure mm-hmm. is important. It is important. And Sarah Nurse scores one of the goals of the entire weekend. Yes. It was beautiful. The Forsberg in a breakaway of sorts against Igor Shostyurkin. It was wonderful. There were some detractors out there who, of course, they have to blab and say, oh, he Shostyurkin didn't try that hard. It's a beautiful goal. Can we just appreciate it for being a beautiful goal? The moves I did. Were, the moves were incredible. Yep. And then post-game, she's sitting giving a presser with Hillary Knight, an absolute superstar. And there's one reporter who basically asks her or explains to her, mansplains to her, well, do you do know who you scored that goal against? It's just not anybody. I'm paraphrasing here. It's yeah, not yeah. It's not just any goaltender. Right. It's one of the mo- best goaltenders to play the game in the most condescending fashion. Hillary Knight, without skipping a beat, comes back. Well, she's a top scorer. It was wonderful. I, I love the fact that Hillary was jumped instantly to Sarah's defense and the subject was essentially closed. But still, in this day, you are speaking to an elite player. And this reporter still had to 
drop it down a notch mm -hmm. and just stick it to her a little bit by explaining, well, you know who Shesterkin is. I just, I get so tired of it. I get so incredibly tired of it. Can we appreciate elite players, whatever gender, from whatever game, yep. an elite player is an elite player. Ask her about her move. Ask her something else. But to, yeah, please don't mansplain to women in sports. Please don't. Please stop. Stop. That's all I got. I'm with you with that. I'm, I'm with you with that. And good on Hillary Knight to say what she did. And Sarah Nurse is, uh, first of all, the, the goal was great. And I loved after when she kind of put her hand to her mouth, you know, a little bit of a smile thinking, oh, that was kind of cool. <laughs> right? She's thinking, oh, it worked. Fantastic. Who cares who it is and who cares who you scored against? It was a beautiful goal and she's one of the best. And not only that, she's been such and she still continues to be such an ambassador for the game. And not just hockey, but also just women and girls in general in sports. That is what she she's just she's great at what she does. And I liked how she was offered a job as well during that press conference when uh, CEO Matt Caldwell of the Panthers, the president and CEO, offered her a job at the uh, Panthers future practice in community rinks at the FTL War Memorial. And she had a great line. She said, um, sure, but I don't know if my agent's going to be pretty happy with me saying yes, so I have to check with her first. Anyway, the point is, even taking away from that moment, which was a cool moment too, so I'm with you. I don't know, Vic, it's, it's too bad that stuff still happens. Okay, next segment, last one to come. We'll take a look to the week to come, and also Vic's Fantasy 7 All-Star Edition. Stay tuned for that. Pucks and 7, Ryan, Peyton, Victoria, Maddie Ash. Welcome back to Pucks and 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. Into the last segment of Pucks and 7, Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan and Payton at Victoria Matiash and catch us wherever you get your podcasts. Google us and you will find those different outlets. We'll get to Vic's Fantasy 7 All-Star Edition in just a second. First off, the week to come, some key games. This is what we do in case you're listening for the first time. We look at can't look at all the games because there's so many and we just don't have enough time. But pick some of the ones that are more intriguing than maybe the others, some storylines going in, what they mean in the standings, etc. And so we'll get to the ones from Wednesday, Thursday, all the way on to a second. Tuesday, though, first stop, the Penguins and the Avalanche. Vic shaking her head. So if you can see her, you can't. But she just shook her head when I said the Penguins and the Avalanche pits in trouble, Vic. I think they are in trouble. I think they are in trouble until Tristan Jari is okay again because Casey yep. DeSmith has struggled really badly. Colorado is healthy again. In this game, Nachushkin is back. But when Byram is back, basically besides Gabriel Landeskog, yep. that Colorado team is it's back to full, full health. Yep. They just yeah. won. I know it's a different team from the one that won the cup. There's no Nazem Kadri. There's still a pretty darn good team. And just the way that Pittsburgh has been struggling and DeSmith does not have it. I know he's had a break. No, he, he doesn't, just doesn't have it. Ha he, he doesn't, doesn't have, it. have it. Not right now. There's such a massive key and the bottom six on that team uh, outside of Gensel and Malkin and Crosby, for example, they're not doing anything. But the key is their goaltending. Tristan Jari has to be healthy. They're going to go nowhere without it. I saw this stat too the other day, and we've talked about this off and on over the course of the podcast, is that they're consistently inconsistent. There was one stretch, I think 14, 15, 19 games maybe, November to December, even late October. The team won 14 of them or something like that. And then they've only had five wins in their last 19. It, 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 it doesn't make much sense. You go from this to that. So this is big. And watch out, Colorado. My goodness. Uh, we feel badly, Golden Knights in the Preds, uh, Mark Stone and the surgery. Well, I feel badly for Mark Stone, first yes. of all. And I feel badly for 
Vegas by proxy because they are a much lesser team without him. If you actually look at their results recently without Mark Stone, they're they're awful. They need him and they shouldn't need him as much as they need him because they still have talented players like Jack Eichel on that team, Chandler Stevenson, uh, William Carlson, all the rest of them. Yeah. They should be better than what they are. But it really ran. We just saw, we're seeing right now how much their success ran through Mark Stone to start the season when they were dominating the division. Now right. they're in third. They're in third now, and they're playing a very tough Predators team. I don't know. I, I'm wondering where we're going to see them in a month from now because they have been tumbling yeah. down the Pacific standings. And this is big because if they start to tumble, Calgary, we expect to start to gain some strength. And Edmonton, they got a nice schedule. We'll talk about that in a second. Then you have Seattle. Are they sustainable? And the LA Kings. Last few games, they, Vegas has lost to Arizona. They lose a tight one to the Devils, lose a tight one to the Isles. They lose a, a, a bad one to the Rangers, 4-1. to one. So you're right. How much of an impact uh, Mark Stone has. I love this one. Uh, 3-2, Minnesota, Dallas on Wednesday. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know if it's going to go to overtime or not. No, it's 3-2. But <laughs> It's 3-2. <laughs> it's going to OT. I'm going to call wild, it. It's going to overtime. We talked earlier about how the Stars, yeah. uh, their games have been decided by 3-2, their last four games. They right. only won one of them. They lost three. The Wilds last three games. You want to guess? Um, three, two decided all three of them. <laughs> so a combination of the last seven games between these two teams have all been decided. Most of them in overtime by a score of three to two. So you wagerers out there, if you want to follow this pattern Wednesday night, the wild and stars play each other. I would go with three, two. It's, it's a, it's a given. It's a given. It's three, two. It's <laughs> Guaranteed? a given. Yeah. It's a given game. Far more important. Joking aside for Minnesota, because they go into Tuesday, one point up on Colorado. You're right. Surging. Uh, there's still that gap between them and Winnipeg, seven points out of second. And there's a 10 point difference between them and the Dallas stars atop that central division Thursday. A lot of great games on this one. Uh, the Kraken and the devils, uh, the Jacob Magna deal. I, I, I think that that was a good one for the Kraken and it comes on the heels. A lot of the discussion afterward was that, because of the, the hit that uh, Matty Beniers took on from Tyler Myers, which was an absolutely ridiculous one. There was no need for it. Anyway, he was out. Um, so they have some injuries as well on that team. But what he does, he adds he adds size. He adds kind of that physical presence. He's 6'6", six, six, six six. He's a big boy. Um, and they made that deal with San Jose, and he has 12 points in 48 games. He's almost playing 20 minutes per game as well. So I like that. But the Kraken have a crazy week. This week, they play some very tough teams. Vic, they're on the East Coast. Yeah, so they're, the they've East. got all of it. They've got the Devils. They've got the Rangers. They have the Islanders on Tuesday night. And some good news for Kraken and Kraken fans. It sounds like Matty Berniers is back on Tuesday. It sounds yeah. like Justin Schultz is back on Tuesday. It sounds like Jaden Schwartz is back on Tuesday. So that's a big boost for that team. And we'll see how they do on the East Coast. Because I think that's a big test for them. We have seen them beat oh, others. Yep. But now traveling out this way, and they only do it once, they want to make as much hay as possible. Isles tonight, uh, Devils on Thursday, Rangers back-to-back -back in New Jersey, in New York against the Rangers, then in Philly, and then they go to Winnipeg before they're finally home next Thursday uh, to host Philly. I'll tell you something. I'll tell yeah. you this right now. I'm yeah. a little bit on, I'm on the fence about them. I know you're not. I know you love the Kraken. I'm still on the fence. Right. If they take three or four of these, you can call me a believer. How about that? Okay. I'm going to read it to you. Vic says, take three of four of these, believer. Okay. Written down. Flames, Red Wings. Calgary, we're still waiting. Uh, Red big, big test from how often do we say this? And, and we've been saying this about the Panthers. Hopefully we won't say it anymore after that statement win on Monday, but we keep saying this about Calgary. Same kind of thing. Calgary is mirroring Florida. We expect more. 
we know it's there, but it's just we just haven't seen it yet. Well, I mean, it was a tough loss in overtime to the Rangers on Monday. So that was still a very good hockey right. game. They need to beat the Red Wings. They're a better team than the Red Wings. They need to make hay when the opportunity is there to make hay. So I think this is a big one for the Flames. If you listen to Nazem Kadri just after the All-Star uh, the All-Star game, he was speaking. He's like, no, we're fine. We're good. You just watch. Well, and I, be- I believe him. Okay. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> Jacob Truba, what do you think about that? Knocks him down. No, it has nothing to do with that. Uh, quickly to Dylan Larkin at the end of the contract, just over six mil. He's making um, this season 6.1. I'm thinking that he's probably going to, he's asking close to nine. I'll say he's going to ask close to nine because I think there's been discussions. He says he wants to stay in Detroit. I'm going to say he gets close to the Bo Horvat deal. I think that's exactly it. That we just signed. That, that we so just saw he's signed. been very vocal recently about talking yeah. about how he wants to remain in Detroit past right. this season. So we know that. And there's the rumor that he wasn't impressed or his agent wasn't impressed with the eight year, eight per deal, eight yeah. million per. So now that Bo Horvat signed an eight year, eight and a half, they're not the same player, but they're both of a certain, a certain caliber of player and former captains. One's a former captain. One's a captain. Yep. I think he gets eight and a half. I think he gets exactly Bo Horvat money. There, I, I couldn't see. I said Bo almost, Horvat. You earlier. almost got through it. Bo Horvat <laughs> money. I think he does get it. He gets very. Yeah. Maybe he gets like eight point six five just because. But I think I don't think he's going to get nine, and I think he's going to get above eight. Speaking of, anytime somebody is traded, you always look at the next time you face your old team. Not too long, right? A week and change since he was dealt from Vancouver to New York. You have the Islanders Canucks on the island coming Ooh, up on Horvath Thursday. has had the, the weirdest time so <laughs> he far sure because he's playing with Pedersen, his old <laughs> he's, teammate he's nonstop at the all-star game. And they scored a bunch together and yep. they both actually sounded really sad afterwards that this was their swan song, so to speak. And they weren't going to enjoy that anymore. And now he gets to take a quick breath and he's facing his old team again on Thursday. It's just, I guess maybe there's some advantage to getting it all done with. So he doesn't have to look at the calendar to think about the next time he's going to play Vancouver. Right. I think there is an advantage there. But yeah, I right agree. away. He sees all of his old buddies uh, right away. It's pretty funny. Get it out of the way yeah. uh, quickly. Uh, Friday, a couple of games you want to focus on. Uh, Leafs and the Blue Jackets, and then Toronto has Columbus again on Saturday. The, the, these two games, I don't care if they're back-to-back. You're going up against a team in Columbus who is who are dreadful. 34 points. And are they dead last as I'm scrolling through? They're, they're tied with tied. Chicago. Yeah. Tied with Chicago for dead last. at 30. You need to get these four points. And uh, I, it's... I hear somebody, oh, well, Toronto's in a good spot. Or say Boston can go three without a victory. Well, they can probably go three without a victory more than other teams. But all these teams, oh, it's okay, a loss is whatever, we're, we're fine. It doesn't matter. A win's a win, you need these points. And if Toronto wants to keep pace with Boston, very tough to do. But if they want to keep ahead of Tampa and kind of still hold down that second spot, they have to take them both. You have to get four points. They went or, into or, the or break. Three. They went into the break with such a whimper. Just losing to Boston in pretty depressing fashion in that third period last Wednesday. They've had basically four months off since then. It's such such a long break. (laughs) So there's no excuses about feeling banged up or being tired or any of that. Columbus is not a good hockey team. I like them. It's not coming together. You're going to give up a goal to Johnny Goudreau and that should be it. Patrick Liney might score. That's it. You need the four points. I am with you 100%. Kraken Rangers, we talked a little bit about Seattle. Don't need to go into depth about that, but they have a tough East Coast trip this week. And then Friday is fun. I like, the Friday. I like the it Friday schedule. It's a nice card. Uh, Saturday, speaking of testing, every time you go up against the Bruins, and this is a, this is a big stretch of uh, 
the two months coming up for the Capitals and the Penguins as a franchise. I'm not saying that they're going to be dreadful next year, but they've been around a long time. Caps and Pens battling it out for the wildcard spots as we speak, and there's been consistency, there's been inconsistency. Every time you go up against the best team, though, Vic, I don't care who you are, it's a measuring stick. They need to win. Washington is in trouble again yeah. with Pittsburgh in my mind. Now we're talking about the changes the Islanders have made. Who's in more trouble? Who's in more trouble? Pittsburgh or Washington? Or are they the, saying? No, is Tristan Jari coming back? Mm. If Tristan Jari is okay. coming back, Washington is in more trouble. If Tristan Jari isn't coming back, the Pittsburgh aren't winning squad. Okay. They're okay. not. So yeah. I'm worried about Washington. Just they're an aging group. I think they're missing some pieces still. Ovechkin can only do so much. There hasn't been enough support there otherwise. Boy, oh boy, do they miss John Carlson. It's just, oh, this, he's such a difference maker yep. for them. So I, I put this to you last week and I'm going to mention it one more time. And we all were, the conversation to the point, this point this season has been, is it going to be Pittsburgh or Washington in the Metropolitan? And I ask you if maybe neither of them are going to make it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. The more this goes on, the injuries, etc. cetera, I, I just don't see it. I'd love it. I'd love it. It'd be strange to see Ovi and Sid not in the postseason, but stranger things have happened. Uh, Nick Suzuki's favorite player, Connor McDavid and the <laughs> Oilers. <laughs> They're, hey, Vic, they could go 4-0. They could go 4-0 and this week, and imagine if they do, watch out the rest of that top part of that Pacific Division. They're playing Detroit, Philadelphia, Ottawa, and Montreal. Ooh. I Go think on. Philly I think Philly gives them a little bit of a run. Okay. End of list. Not Ottawa, based on how they've been performing lately? No, it's the Oilers can score too much. Okay. Ottawa defensively is still... Ottawa okay. can score, but Ottawa is not adept at keeping the puck out of their own net. And with the way that McDavid is playing right now and Zach Hyman for crying out loud, oh, Vander Kane on. is back. So he's yep. dealt with his bankruptcy issues or whatever else is going on. He's yep. back now. I just think there's too much firepower there. Philadelphia is a funny team. They're, everybody talks about how difficult they are to play against, even though the results do, don't necessarily translate to the standings as much. Yep. I think Philly gives them a, a bit of a go and I think they win the other three handedly. So if they do three, that's six out of eight points. You do the math, they get 66 points, depending upon what Seattle, the Kings, and Vegas do. Edmonton could vault to third, second, probably not first. There's a lot of ground to pick up in the next week, but uh, you never know. All right, Are you, sure? Are you sure about that? Seattle is on this East Coast trip right now. They could right. have a rough time with that. Edmonton I'm thinking, could go yeah. 4-0, and then that means that the Oilers are in first then in they the get Pacific, 68. Yeah. Right? If they go 4-0, they'll have 68 points. Uh, with those eight points getting those. And we'll yeah, see. I'm with you. We'll see. Uh, Fantasy 7, All-Star Edition. Right. So uh, this piece is up on ESPN.com in the NHL Fantasy section if anybody wants to check it out. So I basically talked about some fantasy All-Stars. Uh-huh. So not necessarily. I mean, there's no Connor McDavid. We know what he is. These are some more surprising fantasy All-Stars. So at uh, Tage Thompson, Zach Hyman, Jack Hughes, Rasmus Dahlin, Tim Stutzler, Eric Carlson and Olmark goaltender for Boston yeah. and what to do with them going forward. There's five of them that if you do have them on your fantasy roster, and I'm basically speaking to redraft leagues, not dynasty leagues, not keeper leagues, and you're keeping Tage, you're keeping Hyman, Jack Hughes, Darlene and Stutzla. Mm -hmm. You are not doing anything with them because they are in the position to have similar second halves to the season as they have so far. And if you're interested in trading, my sell high candidates are Eric Carlson and Linus Ulmark. Linus mm. Ulmark, basically because he's now splitting the crease with Jeremy Swayman. Right, right. Jeremy Swayman actually earned more fantasy points in ESPN Standard Leagues in January than Ulmark, and you would never guess that. No. Because he played a little bit more. That's why. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So, 
he's one if somebody needs a goaltender and they're going to they're going to look at Olmark's numbers and just get wowed you can maybe get some good pieces in return Eric Carlson, I'd like him to get traded, basically. I think he's going to be moved out. He's not going to be the king of San, San Jose anymore. He's going to fit in with a defense that's going to be contributing otherwise. So he's not going to be the only show in town. It's my feeling. And also, Eric Carlson's not noticeable yet, but his production has already dropped off a little bit. Right. Just the past couple I've, of weeks. I've noticed that. Yeah. So he's another sell-high candidate. Just think about it. If you need, If you have needs on your fantasy roster and you have those two players and you can maybe get a nice haul in return. It's food for fantasy thought. And I think everybody has needs right on their fantasy roster. Usually. Yeah. Uh, by the way, through this whole thing, we have not even looked at mine at all that you helped me with. <laughs> the pre How's it doing? No, we'll, we'll oh. talk next week. <laughs> don't, don't blame me. Don't I'm, blame me for that. No, I didn't. I just always say whenever I get a note saying what happened, I said, I didn't pick them. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But they don't know who did. Right. They who I, did. I'm going to, well, they do, they do now. I have to have a, I have to have a look at your lineup and maybe do some tweaking. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, VixFantasy7, ESPN.com, Fantasy. Check it out. Uh, it's the best. We're out of time. Going to be a great week. We're back at it next week. And gosh, you know. This is a great time of year. Coming off the All-Star break, what, 29, 30, 30 plus games left to go for most of these teams. Some maybe have a bit more. A few weeks till the deadline, and then we're into a month after that till game 82 Every is done game and, matters oh, now. Oh my gosh, There are so many teams really that does. are in it or on the cusp, and I feel it's different from last season, particularly in the East. There are yeah. just, there's a lot of moving and shaking still to happen, and it's a very interesting time of year. I really enjoy it. And we'll pick up on the uh, movements on the East and the Western Conference uh, when we reconvene next week. She's Victoria Matiash. I'm Ryan Payton. Pucks and Seven available wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan M. Payton at Victoria Matiash. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Pucks in 7, available on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts.